If you are a leader wanting guidance on how to navigate this time of change and uncertainty, this is the episode for you. Our guest, Eric Barrage, is one of the most inspiring, compassionate, creative, and hardworking leaders we've ever met. In this episode, we harvest the learnings he gained from starting his company right after 9-11, to navigating the financial crisis, to then selling his company to IBM. In this interview, learn about ways you can step up your leadership game through authentic communication, transparency, hard work, and sharing your vision with as many people as possible. Welcome to the Inside Journey. Eric, thank you so much for coming back. We realized after our amazing interview with you so many months ago that we are in such a different place right now. Mm -hmm. And what's coming up for so many people is how do I lead myself and how do I lead my teams in times of total chaos and change and uncertainty? And we just thought, given your experience as a leader and all those years building uh, a company and leading through so many different pivots, it would be so great to center this conversation around, you know, what's your experience been like in leading through times of change? Absolutely. And I didn't have to fly across the country to do it, right? No, Those days are gone. So we're all in our own little nooks right now doing this interview. And yeah, I'm so excited to learn about you from this angle, this kind of inside journey around how you handled yourself and your leadership when the shit was hitting the fan or there was so much uncertainty or you didn't really have any clue what your next steps were and you had to be that kind of leader for people that were all looking at you. So I'm so excited to hear about certain moments from your career. Yeah, no, I'm excited this. to continue the conversation. Fabulous. So, I mean, can you think back, Eric, whether it was building a company from scratch. Obviously there was the financial crisis in 2008. I'm just thinking about as an outsider looking in, there was obviously selling your company to IBM and all the change that you, you know, had to go through there. Or maybe there, I'm sure there were many other examples of, you know, really challenging or just unexpected times. Can you think back to a time, you know, that you can talk a little bit about with us? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I may be a little bit of a contrarian here, but I think that times like these are made for leaders. And I think that if you're out there running a company or a team or an organization, like this is actually your moment and you don't have to get it perfectly right. But this is the time when your company actually wants to hear from you, really wants to hear from you. This is when they will listen intently because all of a sudden our antenna is up around what's going to happen next. And the truth of the matter is our antennas should always be up thinking that way inside of our businesses because change is the only constant and things are always evolving. But in these moments, and you're right, Kim, when we first started Blue Wolf, we started it right before 9-11. And we started it also in the midst of the whole dot-com bust. So the stock market had crashed. Technology was now out of favor. It was right before 9-11, we were in a recession and Blue Wolf decided to start a tech consulting firm. Wow. Sounds like the worst possible time to do that. What we found was that because there was so much uncertainty in the marketplace, people were looking for a home. They were looking for a new vision. They were looking for someone to step up and say, hey, we're going to change the way that consulting is done. Uh, and we're going to do it in an iterative fashion. And we're going to embrace new concepts like Agile, which back in 2001 was a brand new concept. 
it, it, I think in a weird way, it made it easier for us to build a company in times of uncertainty. Uh, we were also had the benefit of being extremely small. We were together all the time and we could build a belief system very quickly. Uh, we also took the company through 08, 09, 10 and the financial crisis, uh, which was very challenging. And then, as you said, we took the company through the acquisition by IBM. If I can tell you one constant that particularly was necessary as we got bigger is you can't over communicate in these times and your mode of communication needs to be as personal and real as possible, which means translation, like don't send out the long email to your company, tell them what, what's going on. Uh, now you may decide that you want to have a blog or you want to have a regular cadence that keeps people updated, but you need to make sure that you're leading with your voice. If possible, you're leading with tools like Zoom where they can see your face and they can see that you're a person, but you're a strong person and you're thinking through your next step. And I would also say there is no better time than right now to be selling your vision to your organization. Mm. Did you ever fear in these really crazy times when all the eyeballs are on you to step into that really authentic communication, to over-communicate, to communicate from your heart? Did you just sometimes want to pull the, the covers over or like, how do you how do you face that? Because it's, it's intimidating in a way to like speak from your heart when there's so much fear. Like, how did you share who you really were as a leader when it was a crazy time? You know, it's no different than probably the conversations you're having with your families right now. Uh, no one has all the answers. Uh, people, I mean, yeah, I listen to Andrew Cuomo every day, the governor of New York, where I live. I listen to our president. I listen to Dr. Fauci. Like we all these characters are coming out of this moment that we'll always remember. And if you really listen to their words, they're not really telling us anything we don't already know. Mm. Some of that is failed leadership in my opinion, but not all of it. It's just, they're being real and they're being authentic, but they're also giving you a feeling, the good ones, at least that we're all in this together. And I am, yes, the person that you've anointed to help lead in times like this. And I'm going to over-communicate. And we're actually going to come up with great ideas during this time. What's the quote? Uh, uh, necessity is the mother of all inventions. Right. Well, there's not a business in the world right now that isn't living by that or should, or, or should be living by that, right? Yeah. You know, when we talk to people, they're on all places in the spectrum of feeling really like this is an opportunity and, you know, all the way through to like being really scared shitless about, you know, their future and, and sad and, and just feeling so many different emotions. So my question is when you were maybe in a place where you weren't feeling so positive and motivated, you know, how did you manage your own emotional journey through those times while also being the face of the company and trying to keep people focused and positive and, and feeling better about things? Um, I probably worked harder. You know, I probably burned the midnight oil a little more than I had been in, in prior times. Um, so there was a little bit of a triage sense of urgency that I think it's okay for leadership to have at this point in time. It's a tricky balance because you also can't be the person that is panicking. I also would only focus on the positive things in our business and I would look for silver linings and I would shine the light on those silver linings. Mm -hmm. I would look for, you know, when we were early on trying to 
make payroll and trying to convince our employees that everything was great, you know, you'd focus on that successful customer. Mm-hmm. You would you would focus on the successful meeting. Hey, we just got out of an incredible conversation with the CIO of company XYZ and they really see the light here. And while, you know, we're in some tough times, we just have to go replicate that 10 more times. And that's the story we want we want to propagate throughout our business and throughout the industry. Mm-hmm. Being specific is so helpful in times that feel really overwhelming. Because I think we can tend to say everything sucks right now or everything is a mess or we're never going back to the way things used to be. These big generalities. And that creates a lot of fear for me. But what you're saying is bring it down to the specificity each day. A moment, an opportunity happened that you would never have thought of before or a meeting that went well that was a breakthrough. Being specific is a great guide for conversation and communication. Yeah. And I, and I would say for like salespeople out there, you know, I've seen a lot of commentary over the last few weeks where it's like, Hey, now's not the time to be selling. You're always selling. I, I don't care what you do. Andrew Cuomo is selling to me every morning on CNN. Yeah. Okay. So whoever said that now is not the time to be selling, they don't really understand what a customer facing organization is all about. But in times like these, when organizations are definitely pulling back, Projects are being canceled. Purchases are being delayed. Like that's just reality. It's happening. Uh, But if you have a value point in a market, you just need to go find more customers. Mm -hmm. You you know what? You're going to have to turn over five more rocks tomorrow than you would have turned over a month ago because they're out there. And I know that because when we were trying to sell technology consulting services on September 11th, of 2001. And I remember my co-founder, Michael Curve, and I happened to have, we, had, we both went on sales calls that day. But Eric, how do you keep going, but change your message instantly? Because it's, it's, you can't just keep going with the same message you had before this virus or before 9-11. You gotta, you gotta change. You gotta change the way you approach it. Don't you think? Yeah. But here's the great thing that's going on is everyone has empathy for everyone's situation right now. Right. This is actually the moment. These are the moments when we put down our armor, we, we put down our petty differences or, you know, let, let's pretend you have a client that's just really been in a tough spot with you for a while. Either they're bitching about your product or you, or you haven't been able to serve them well. There's no better time to talk to them than right now. Everyone has empathy now. Everyone is trying to figure out how to be successful together. And I think these are great moments for us to get closer as human beings. And that's what business is all about. Right. I remember that with 9-11 so much. There was this equalization, if that's a word, right? Like suddenly everybody was just looking at each other in the eye and there was a sense of compassion and understanding that hadn't existed for so long. And it feels like we've sort of gotten away from that. And that's another, you know, silver lining of this whole thing is that there is a a greater sense of just like we're in this together connection. It opens up possibilities. When Blue Wolf first started and there was like this opportunity to redo it in a different way. How did you get creative with your partner? How does, how do people sit down and suddenly rethink their business that the way it's been done? Do you have any techniques for reopening back up to creativity or seeing things from a totally different angle or like, how do you, how do you kind of navigate that? 
Well, everyone's a little different, but I just talk to as many people as I can and I get people together in small group settings where we can collaborate and innovate together. You know, it's kind of what we always did at Blue Wolf. And I think we also always encouraged a mentality where, you know, if someone had a great idea, we'd, we'd quickly vet it together and then we try it. Yeah. And there's no better time than right now than to get really transparent with your organization and stress test your vision. Mm. Right. And if the vision's solid, now stress test your strategy. Right. And if the strategy is solid and the vision is solid in these times, you're, you're onto something if you don't have to tweak either of those two. We would like to take a slight pause in our interview with the fabulous Eric Barrage to let you know some ways we can partner with you and your organization to not only survive in this time of uncertainty, but to thrive. For the last 15 years, we have been committed to helping leaders and teams build their self-awareness, empathy, communication, and connection through experiential workshops, leadership development programs, and executive coaching. There has never been a better time to shine the light on what you need to look at within your organization, within your team, and within yourself. So after you're done listening to Eric's interview, hop on over to InsideJourney.com to learn more about the many ways we can work with you. Now back to the interview. Does that mean throwing more spaghetti against the refrigerator, getting more and more into like just experimentation and process? Yes, but I also think as a leader, you know, you never want to walk into the kitchen and there's spaghetti everywhere. (laughs) So it's your job as a leader to kind of govern those discussions and those processes uh, while making sure that you're providing that Petri dish for innovation which a lot of companies as they get bigger just can't do. Or during uncertain times, they, they want to do less of that. They want to control, they want to micromanage, right? Because, because it's, you know, if you're coming from a place of fear versus coming from a different mentality, you know, that scarcity mentality, it's like the opposite of, of taking risks and being open to new ways of thinking. I mean, this is the best time for leaders to be vulnerable because think about it in In the frothy times when everyone's walking around downtown San Francisco saying everything's great and I'm, you know, my company's crushing it. And all of a sudden we're all like, okay, I got to act that way too. Mm -hmm. There's no better time than right now to to go to your organization and say, all right, folks, let's take a health check here. Like, you know, this is a moment in time. Like let's, what do we need to fix? Yes. In a positive way, right? Mm -hmm. Like, with open-ended questions. But to your point, Kim, this is the worst time to be dictating action, yes. in my opinion, unless you just have to, unless you, you know what, we have to let a bunch of people go. And, and that's a reality right now. Right. Well, and also at a time where people are craving connection, I mean, first of all, the fact that we're all having to work remotely, right? There's just the, we're not able to be in a room together, but people, when you're, when they're scared and they're fearful and they're stressed out, that connection becomes even more important. And what I'm hearing you say is as a leader, there's no better time to be vulnerable. And that's one of the best ways to build that connection, right? Is, and I think about your leadership and how speaking so honestly, people feel like, wow, he gets me yeah. and therefore I get him. And, and it creates that sense of trust. Yeah. And it's so easy. Like you said, Eric, when times are good, I love reaching out to people. How are you? I heard you just had a promotion and oh my God, you're getting married. And But when it's not good news, I think what a natural 
reaction is, is to not reach out because you don't, you don't know what to say. You don't know how to show up. And it's then you just make yourself do it and get, get uncomfortable and, and just speak from your heart and don't have it all scripted out. But this is the time to face it each day. It's almost like make three uncomfortable calls every day. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that's a great lesson in life period, but like now more than ever, right? Yeah. Yeah. And to listen, right? You probably feel as a leader, like I have to come in with all the answers and the key messages and the, you know, I have to like say something to change people's state of mind, but really maybe the best thing I can do is just to ask them how they're feeling and then listen. Yeah, no, 100%. I think the challenge for leaders in the next few months is how do we come out of this? Every business is going to have to behave differently at some level. Culture is going to change. And leaders are going to have to be really organized with how we're going to get back to work in a non 100% zoom world or whatever your web conferencing tool of choice is. Mm -hmm. And I think they're also going to have to be very smart about figuring out the positive changes that have happened during this time that Mm -hmm. they continue to propagate throughout their future. Mm -hmm. What would you say you would keep right now from the changes you've been making in your own life? Where are you not going back to the old? What are you keeping moving forward? Well, I haven't been on an airplane in probably since I came to see you two. Uh, I think that was my, I maybe took one trip after that. And, you know, we were talking about this earlier. I I think that organizations are going to really rethink travel. And I think they should. Uh, It's a huge expense. It's bad for the environment and it's bad for the individual. And I think we need to travel, you know, for the right things. I think we need to get together physically as teams, as customers. Uh, But I think coming out of this, we're all going to say, wow, um, there was something nice about that, that I need to preserve in my life. It also feels like this is such a time to hit the pause button and think about what kind of leader do I want to show up as? What kind of person, like, I feel like your true colors kind of really come through in these times. Is it almost like in this time as a leader, people are probably learning at a very fast rate who they want to be? Yeah. Maybe moving forward because it's igniting them in ways they never had to rise up to. I think they have time to do that right now too. They're not commuting. They're not taking Ubers to SFO or JFK. Like they're, they're, they're not with their people right now physically. So I know everyone's busy with calls and Zoom and whatnot, but you actually also have so much more time to reflect right now. And I think it's the natural human reaction that when you have that time to reflect, you, you seek change, you seek positive change. Yeah. And you kind of reconnect with what really fuels you. I know for me personally, this time has done that. Like what's the work I really want to be doing right now? And what's the stuff that I could do with my eyes closed, but it's not giving me that sense of purpose. Has that come up for you? Like what, what are the things that are really exciting or fueling you right now? (laughs) I'm involved in a lot of projects. I've got my own podcast going now that, um, it's called customer obsessed. I'm doing a lot of writing. Uh, I'm obviously spending a lot more time with the family, which was my intention back in October when I left IBM, but no one told me back then that I was going to get 24 by seven time with them at home Mm -hmm. for an extended period of time, which is 99% of that's amazing. 1% 1% of it is a little challenging. Get sometimes. me on the airplane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. Oh, nowhere to go. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, back to your earlier comment, Kim, I think the other thing that's going to sound a little socially horrifying is this is also when leaders can very easily identify the productive people on their teams and in their organizations and the people that know how to double down and work twice as hard and innovate and go and find that customer if it takes another five phone calls or go and fix that problem. And, and there will be some fallout because this is also when leaders are going to make tough organizational decisions that, you know, maybe they just didn't have the energy to make when times were great. Yeah. Right. This is when organizations get strong and getting strong. Part of that's some things get, some branches get pruned. Absolutely. Yeah. They're cleaned up and that, that, that's going to happen. And great leaders recognize this as a time when their organization is just going to get better. And, and you realize that we've talked so much about this in the work we've done together over the years, but there's like your skill set and then there's also your mindset. And I feel like this is the time that really people demonstrate that mindset. You know, am I, am I resourceful, resilient, creative in stressful times, or am I, am I a victim? Am I, you know, a deer in the headlights? Am I focusing on all of the negative? And, you know, so it's a time for leaders to really see clearly their employees and kind of where, which camp they fit into. Going back, Eric, to what you were saying too, about this time for everybody listening, that is, you know, this is an opportunity for you to rise up. It's not just how much you can hustle, which is a huge thing, but it's where can you start to really shine and show up in your most natural ways? Like, where do you have opportunities to bring your purpose forward where there's a real need? And then mindset, where do you stay calm and centered when everyone else is freaking out? Go for it, you guys. Like, this is your time to show people what you're made of. It's an incredible opportunity. Yes. And there's no time like like situations like these where you can differentiate yourself and be unique. I know. Yeah. It's an amazing opportunity. It really is. And you know what it's like to be around the people who have that mindset of like, how am I going to get through this versus the people that are looking at it from the perspective of what can I get from this? It's a totally different vibe when you're working with someone who's looking at, okay, what are the opportunities? How can we reinvent ourselves right now? You know, what's the gift that's coming through all of this versus the, you know, the person that's like, uh, you know, just the opposite of that. And, and I think the way that organizations respond to leadership is now is also the time when you can be incredibly transparent, where you can use transparency and you can use constant like over communication. Yeah. And your organization will respond positively to those two things. In thinking back through the big significant changes you've had to go through, was there one that really like shaped you as a leader that before it happened, you were one way and you really like stepped it up and you, you never looked back? Like, was there one event that you can speak to? Uh, I had a group of people that I, through no choreographed path, kind of surrounded myself with and you know, when I first started out, started Blue Wolf, when Michael and I first started the company, we were hard charging, take no prisoner sales guys. And, and we had very little sympathy for a lot of the collaboration, ironically, that started to define Blue Wolf over the next 15, 20 years. And the people that I brought in, so folks like Jolene and Karen Freed and Greg Kaplan, they were the ones that showed me that collaboration and learning together and investing in people was actually a, I don't want to say an easier path, but it would be a more productive path that would build a better company. 
I would not have come to those conclusions on my own. Yes. So I was lucky that I had those individuals who were extremely collaborative just by nature Yes. to kind of teach me that. And that's how I grew and matured as a leader. And Corinne is another one we talked about. And, and that's when we engaged Kim. Um, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I would not have come up with that on my own without those people. And you ne- you would never go back to the old Eric after after knowing the powers of collaboration, right? No, I, I completely I, I miss it. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing. I still think you have to have an organization that, and you have to have people that drive hard and yeah. that and that make tough decisions and that can identify strong performance. You know, you do that as a group of people and. You know, two plus two equals a million. Yeah. Well, it sounds like they pulled elements of you out that maybe, you know, they ta- it wasn't like they put something onto you that you didn't identify with at all, that they brought something out in you that maybe you hadn't connected with as a leader. Oh my gosh, Eric, thank you so much. I still wish I was with you in Kim's parents' apartment, but <laughs> this will do. Where? This, this, is, this is a close second. Exactly. Where's the champagne? I know. (laughs) I know. We can still crack open some. That's the one thing. It's like champagne at any time right now. (laughs) And Eric, good luck. Such we're sending you the best of luck too with your new podcast. I can't wait to check it out and listen. Customer obsessed. That's all for now. If you are inspired by this podcast, hop on over to insidejourney.com for more episodes and to learn about our work with leaders and teams. And make sure to subscribe to InsideJourney.com so you never miss an episode. As Brene Brown wisely said, when we deny our stories, they define us. When we own our stories, we get to write a brave new ending. We couldn't agree more. Own your story. Love your story. Share your story. You never know who it can inspire. Thanks for tuning in. Can't wait for more juicy conversations with you next month.